That'll get it done. Deep drive, right center, going back. Hamilton, it's over his head. And the Yankees win. A walk-off single for Romine. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on Gotham Sports Network. As always, you have Sam and Steve here along for the ride. And Sam, anyone but Aaron Judge, anyone but Judge, this is supposed to be a good week, but we got some bad news to kick it off, man. How you doing? Oh my goodness, Steve. Off of a holiday weekend, I was home with my family, and I'm watching the game on Saturday as I am doing a finishing a semester-long project, excuse me, and I just see that ball hit in the right field, and Aaron Judge runs pretty well for a guy who is 6'7". He runs pretty well. And I didn't – I expected to see him on second base on that hit. And I look up. They, they go back to judge. They show the replay. He's so slow out of the box. He doesn't even make a turn to second base. He's grimacing in pain in, for, at first base. That's the first thing I saw, actually, him grimacing at first base. And then the trainers, he came out immediately. A fucking nightmare. I don't know. Steve, it's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. It's so hard to believe. I mean, you got 62% of the runs scored last year on the disabled list at the same time. What the hell is going on? It's crazy. I was was watching the game Saturday, saw Judge go yard, got in the car, was driving to the beach, and all of a sudden my phone is vibrating in the cup holder like a madman. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the hell could have happened. And then all the, the texts are coming in. Oh, no, no, no. And I was like, someone needs to explain this to me right now. And then seeing that, that the word, you know, the three dots pop up and then just seeing it saying judge. I, I knew it was bad. And, and this this is, like you said, he's such a, for a huge guy, he runs really well. But he does have so much torque when he swings. Like, he was still able to almost put this ball into the corner for a double where he possibly destroyed his oblique on. It, it, this is this is killer news. After all the injuries, every week we kind of start off the podcast about what new injury we have here, and we're kind of like, yeah, we'll figure this out. We'll we'll fight through it as long as it's not Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge now, and maybe it's time to push the panic button here because Judge is the heart and soul of this team. And now we're looking at the, the Yankees. Smartly are giving no timeline. They learned that lesson last year when they tried to say Aaron Judge would miss you know four to six weeks with a broken hand and I'm missing. You know, a full, uh, you know, two months pretty much. No timeline here, but I got to be expecting we're looking at three months here. Torno, not not a torn oblique, but a significant oblique strain. So it's got to be a grade two or three. Uh, this is going to be like months, not weeks for Judge. And, and this is an absolute killer for what should have been a strong, exciting week for the Yankees. I just want to check in now that Judge is hurt. I want to check in on the people who said Giancarlo Stanton getting hurt from the Yankees, getting hurt and being out of the Yankees lineup could be beneficial to this team. <laughs> I just want to check in on those people. If you're listening, if you're an actual moron who said <laughs> that, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit fired up right now. I like but it. But 
everybody loves fired up Sam. Um, I don't know what to say anymore. It's, it's unfathomable. As I said, I've said that word nine times already on the podcast, but with Torres being off yesterday, you know what I was waiting for? I was waiting for a reporter to ask, you know, scheduled off day. And I was ready for Boone to grimace and say, you know, uh, Hammy tightened up a little bit yesterday. He's day to day. I was waiting for that to come out of his mouth. I, I was just expecting it. And about the timetable, I saw some say 27. I saw one report that said 27 days. No yep, way. I saw that one. That, that, was, yeah. that, that was for a mild grade one strain. The, the, they, the word mild was not used. The word significant was used. They compared it to another player, right? They compared it to another player. They did. I think it was uh, Mitch Hanniger from uh, from Seattle. I think it was 27 days. Um, there was one there. There was another comparison for good old Chris Davis of the Orioles that had a, a, a similar injury. But the, the word significant here is killer. The Yankees, you know, kind of do beat around the bush sometimes and say, you know, we'll see. We'll do some more testing. This was within a couple, you know, within 12 hours. This was Boone saying this is significant. Uh, Brian Cashman on the radio um, on Monday afternoon said the word significant again. That this is going to be a, a long time here, and the Yankees really need to to figure it out because they got they got pretty much their entire outfield on the DL here. I mean, I tweeted about it earlier today, but last year they had Hicks, Judge, and Stanton. They were twelve and nine. Hicks missed some time already early in twenty eighteen, but they combined for uh, thirteen home runs between the three of them. This is what really is going to come down to. Everyone's making fun of Brian Cashman and the depth of the outfield when they said they didn't need Bryce Harper here, and he's getting a lot of shit for that with all the injuries, and he obviously can't predict injuries here. But now we got you know Gardner, Frazier, Talkman are our, our three outfielders. So those tw- thirteen home runs from the the first twenty one games last year, they've been replaced by fourteen home runs. Gardner's got five. Frazier's got six. We'll get into Frazier a lot, and, and then Talkman's got three. So. The Yankee depth is there. Like, Cashman wasn't lying. They've got six legitimate outfielders, and they're going to really rely on this while they, they wait for Judge, which, you know, is going to be looking, you know, almost towards the end of the summer possibly at this point. We don't really know. Steve, you mentioned depth there. I noticed on the Yankees lineup card yesterday, the PR department puts out the full lineup and the reserves yeah, yeah. available. Reserves available. I only counted 21 guys on that thing. So what are we doing here moving forward? And I counted 12 position players. One of them is Higashioka. So when you mentioned depth, I want to get a little bit into the depth that the Yankees currently have right now because they have 12 position players. One of them is Higashioka. So you're kind of down to 11 in that sense when you exclude the backup catcher. And with Torres going to be back in the lineup tonight, I haven't checked the lineup, but I, I assume he's back in. The he bench is. players, the bench players are Wade and Tyro Estrada. So, should we anticipate any moves in the coming days? I know there was a scouting report I saw on Twitter about outfielders. I forget which ones are on the forty, but Tyler Wade has experience in the outfield. We saw him in the outfield this weekend a little bit. I don't know what – I mean, do the Yankees have enough bodies to field the 25-man roster? Am I talking crazy here? No, that's great. I think this is like the, the depth that I kind of just explained is gone now. 
now the Yankees are on skin and bones here, which is that's how many injuries they've had is they've gone through their their actual their actual depth of it all. That, that's the crazy part of it all. They did make a signing today. They signed uh, former Tampa Bay Ray, and he was at the Indians earlier this year, Brad Miller, to a minor league contract. I expect him to kind of come up and replace Estrada. Um, I like Estrada, but there's really no point of having him be the 25th guy on the roster if he's not going to play. He's still young, still needs the bats. He's the 21st guy right now. They yeah. only have tw- they only have 21 with the team. It's it's this is insanity. I I can't. I still haven't wrapped my head around this. How injured this team is that they they can't even they don't even have 25 guys right now that they feel are major league ready. I mean the the, the picture of the, the 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 injuries is like that's a starting lineup for a World Series team, and that's our that's our IL. Like that's how bad it's gotten. Is they've now got thirteen guys on the DL, and it's just there's just it, it's it's sad, and it's like I kind of want to laugh at it, but it's just so every day. I mean, we got you know Gio Urshela is literally an everyday player for the Yankees, and I no one knew who the hell this guy was. You know, Mike Ford is the DH today, not because we're giving other people day off, because like Ford is legitimately the DH. Because that's the only thing we have left. Uh, LeMayu is getting a day off today because I do have a long w- road trip coming up on the West Coast here. But you're, you're you know you're seeing an infield of Luke Voigt, you know at, at first, then you got Wade at second, Torres at third, and and Gio no, Torres at short and Gio at third, and then you know Romine behind the plate. That's an that's an infield that we have seen you know last year in you know pretty much in AAA, and it says no. You know, we're actually recording this. This is the one-day anniversary of Glaber Day when he finally came up. But, you know, for the most part, we're looking at a triple-A roster. Um, and, and shockingly, they, they they won. They almost blew it. We'll get into the bullpen blowing it. But this this team really it just needs to kind of grind on. Next man up has become the mantra for this team. And hopefully there is another guy behind it because if the injuries don't stop, like you said, they don't have enough guys. They're going to have to make another 60. You know, they could put Patanzas. They could put maybe even Severino on the 60-day IL and get some more room for the 40. But we're going to be looking at, you know, single double-A to bring guys up here. Where The triple-A team is, you know, fighting for bodies. Um, so it's it's a cause of concern for the entire Yankee organization, not just at the major league level at this point with all the injuries. Yeah, well, we're getting into the roster here. They signed Brad Miller today, you mentioned. You know what one thing you know one thing I remember Brad Miller for? Remember when the Yankees finally made the decision to sell Andrew Miller in 2016 and then they sold Beltran that Monday. They they sold Chapman the week yep. before and said, "Hey, we'll we'll still be in it." Brad Miller did a number on the Yankees that series in down in Tampa. He did a number on them. I, I'm going to pull up the, the stats later in the show. Or I'll, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get to him now. It's the year that he hit 38 but, home runs. Like he he put up some serious pop that year. Yeah, he he showed ridiculous power in that series, and he he was the one. I mean, he played a big part in getting the Yankees to sell at that 2016 deadline. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the race swept, swept right? the Yankees. Yeah. yeah, the race swept the Yankees that weekend. Uh, Miller got traded Sunday morning, and then Beltran got traded on Monday. Who that brought Dylan Tate. And then Tate uh, eventually helped the Yankees get Zach Britton. So Brad Miller is kind of a player that has some history with the Yankees and pushed them over the top to sell in 2016. I, I couldn't help but think of that when I got the alert that they signed him. 
And I like Miller a lot. He's pretty versatile. He can play. I've seen him at short, second, first. So I'm happy that they signed him. And like you said, they just need bodies. Just just warm bodies. If you're on the West Coast and you played high school baseball, like just go to the the Angels Park and the Yankees might need you to come off the bench if there's another injury because that's that's how bad it's gotten for them over there. Um, the the one thing they will get back is on Wednesday is Gary Sanchez expected to return from that. He is on a, um, a, a minor league assignment as we speak right now, um, so that is good. That will he will just simply replace Higai Shioka on the on the roster here. And that does help with the, with the catching depth of it there and get him back behind the plate and really help for the middle of that order. Cause he's got to be the number three or four hitter to show some power um, and just have some major league experience. Cause some of these, some of these lineups we're putting out there is, is interesting there, but it's, it's glad that this was a quick, a quick DL for Gary. He kind of seemed ready to come off uh, on Sunday, but the Yankees wanted to get a, get him in a game. And the, and there was no minor league games on Sunday. So we had to wait till Monday and now he'll be back. He'll fly out Tuesday and be in the, the lineup Wednesday here. So this will be about a two-week two um, stint for Gary. But the, while all these injuries keep piling up, him just simply replacing Judge in the lineup is is a downgrade for the Yankees. Um, but they, they need anybody as that can be healthy. And to get Gary in the lineup will be big. He still leads the team with six home runs here. So it's just some, some added power that we're going to miss from Judge back in the lineup. It was- not wonder I'm pretty pretty quick the Elston for Gary because calves are very very troublesome you look at Tulowitzki now and obviously Tulowitzki's injury history is much more decorated but Tulowitzki I don't know when the hell that guy is going to be back so I thought it was going to be closer to a month with Gary in this calf but I'm very thankful that he's going to be back Wednesday yeah big time big time needed <laughs> so yeah, Gary being back Wednesday, Higashioka is going to go down. I thought maybe, and just maybe, that they would keep. Do you think there's a plan maybe to keep Higashioka up? Maybe have Sanchez do some DH duties? I'm not quite sure because I, I, I trust that the Yankees are not bringing him back at anything less than 100%. But, and like I said, they only have 21 of 25 available right now. Sanchez would be the 22nd player. They don't need to make a corresponding move. If they want to carry three catchers, they can carry three catchers. They're going to they're have to make a move because they have – they're going to – they already announced that they're going to have Jonathan LeWise going to come up on Tuesday to make the start. And then they're going to have send down uh, Estrada. And then they'll have they, – there's no point of keeping three catchers. I know they, they, it's something that some teams have done. I mean the, the Diamondbacks have done it most of this season. But there's there's no need here for for Higgy is is useless. If, if Gary's off the DL, he's starting, um, and then the, that that's fine. Even if he has to DH a game and be go into a you know lose the DH at the end of a game because of a, a Romine injury, I'm not keeping three catchers, especially with all the injuries that we have out there. So I'm not even gonna consider that. And and Wednesday morning, Higashioka is back in in AAA, being the everyday starter that they need because I'm sure that their their depth is, is gone too. Um, so that, that'll help the Yankees line up a little bit as well, they're on this long West Coast trip. Someone who's going to be in the heart of the order now is Clint Frazier. And good old Wild Thing, former AKA Red Thunder, is putting on a show at the plate. He even said his confidence right now is an all-time high, and it shows. He's got six home runs in the year, 
leads the team in batting with an over 330 uh Batting average and over a thousand on base plus slight OP, OPS. Cliff Frazier is proving that he, the bat is there. He even made a nice throw to get a, out at the plate uh, this weekend. The Wildling has been released and he does not want to give up any job. And even if the Yankees were at full strength right now, you keep him in the lineup anyway. So he'll be there. He's batting third today for the for the Yankees out in LA, uh, and Clint Frazier is putting on a show. And while doing it, while styling too, because his—I don't know if you've noticed—his Jordans every day are fire. I haven't seen that actually, but I saw your tweet today comparing Clint Frazier stats to Bryce Harper's stats, and I have a couple of my friends that follow you. Got to mess so, with people there. <laughs> they were so triggered. Yeah. They were so triggered. Got to do it. Oh my god! They're like, <laughs> well, like, what the hell is this guy talking about? I, I facts said, only. <laughs> but he does facts only. I said, what? What did he tweet that was wrong? But what really impresses me, and I've said this a bunch of times, is just the swing, how he rolls the hands on the inside pitch, and he sent a pitch over the visitors' bullpen at Yankee Stadium. Bomb. So, Clint Frazier, and I was when you're looking at the lineup yesterday, uh, talking about Sunday's game, which was, I knew that lineup was coming, but when you when I saw it in writing, it it just made me cringe. It it, it made me cringe, but. Frazier did not even start the year with the Yankees, and he is tied for the team lead with home runs in six. In the Yankees lineup yesterday, in total, they had five guys, or six of the nine, did not start opening day. <laughs> and five, five of the nine were not on the 25-man roster to start the year. Just absolutely bizarro stuff. But Frazier, I don't know where the Yankees would be without him. He, he got off to a hot start in Baltimore, hitting those two home runs. And then he hit another one that weekend. And then this home run, and we're going to talk about the home run of the week later. Spoiler alert. That one yesterday was pretty, pretty big. Gave the Yankees a 5 nothing lead, of which they needed all of. They did. So I'm wondering, whenever the Yankees get healthy, and this is a long, long time away, you have to have this kid's lineup. You have to have this kid's bat in the lineup every day, and I never thought I'd say that. I have been a, quite a big critic of Clint Frazier uh, coming up. N not not so much of a critic, but I would say very, very cautious with him because, I mean, how could yeah, you be? I have as well. The concussions last year were, were some really scary stuff, and I was very, very skeptical of him ever being a serious contributor to this team, and – Steve, over the years now on this podcast, I can't believe this is our third season doing this. I, I really enjoy it a lot. And you, you've you mentioned that maybe Frazier would be trade bait in, in a A lot game. of times. You, yeah. you, you, thought, you, you thought that Frazier may, may never play that much for the Yankees. You thought they'd maybe ship him off to get a Garrett Cole from the Pittsburgh Pirates or in trade talks, you know, to get a Fulmer from the Detroit Tigers. I was just going to bring up Fulmer, yeah, exactly. I thought that was going to happen. And I think that still would have been a very possible thing if this concussion, the concussion, I think, turned a lot of teams off from him. And now it's going to come back and benefit the Yankees in some way, as long as, you know, knock on wood, he stays healthy here. But, you know, I think he was kind of a val could have been a very valuable commodity for the Yankees when they were looking at, you know, maybe even a possible one in the James Paxton deal. But I think a lot of teams kind of were taken back by it. And, and rightfully so, because concussions can, can last, linger for years. 
but he is just he's shut us all up and it's it's flat out awesome to see what he's doing and he's yeah. doing it with like a, a good spirit he's got he got nagged when he came in with the long hair with the first trade with the whole like mickey mantle seven number people calling him a child and all this crap and he's coming with a, a fantastic kind of demeanor about it he's cocky and he knows it and he's and he's still willing to say it I mean, in that interview, he says confidence is an all-time high. He said, you know, I wake up, my confidence is high, and now it's even higher. And that's what the Yankees have really needed. And, you know, maybe it's in the clubhouse, too. You go around there, and you see Clint Frazier walking around with his chest out, thinking he's going to hit a home run every day. It's going to help the other players. Um, and they're all having fun, too. I don't know if you saw one of the clips, but when Frazier went oppo on one of his home runs, it kind of scraped the top of the wall there. And you can see in the dugout, someone's like, oh, scraping the wall doesn't really count as a home run. So the Yankees were kind of busting his balls a little bit there too. And then Sunday, he hits that bomb and scraped the wall, but he scraped the over-the-bullpen wall. So this, this guy is just hitting the ball all over the field, which which is really impressive because um, he's got both, I think three of his six home runs are opposite fields here. It might even be four of his six home runs are going opposite field. So him really just being patient with the balls, trusting those lightning quick hands allows him to sit back and, and go opposite field and take advantage of the short porch. Um, so I, I'm really there because, you know, Clint seems like a guy that could get pull and home run happy. So to, to see that he's batting, you know, a 330, a 340 almost um, with, with a lot of, you know, opposite field and just ripping singles is unreal encouraging. And downright needed for the Yankees to succeed for the next few months with all the injuries. Do you notice these people on Twitter are like kind of sticking their chest out saying, like, I told you so about Frazier? I mean, were we not allowed to be skeptical when this guy missed an entire season with concussions? I mean, let's all enjoy this kid's success. And he was saying to Meredith Morakovitz the other night about the Club 161, about how, how you mentioned that this team is having a lot of fun through a time where a lot of the teams would be getting really, really down about themselves. It's needed. I know the Yankees have. I know the Yankees have played a weak schedule early on, but being eleven and ten right now with all that's happening with this team is a freaking miracle. I don't care if they, they've been playing high school teams. Well, obviously not, <laughs> but it's it's been a miracle that this team is eleven and ten, one game over five hundred, and really, you just need to tread water. And I saw a tweet yesterday. It was from Meek Phil, a famous account on Twitter uh, in the world of New York sports. He said the Dodgers last year started 16 and 26 and had injuries to Kershaw, Seeger, and Turner. And they won their division and won the National League. Now, I know it's a bit of a weaker division out there in the NL West, but that's a tweet that really caught my eye. And the Yankees have not been tanking at all in the early going. I mean, don't get me wrong. Stuff has not looked pretty in the early going, but being 11 and 10 is far from the worst thing in the world. And credit to the team, you know, five of their last six sweeping the Red Sox. We haven't even gotten into the game because yeah, perfect. Go. (laughs) It's crazy. We haven't even gotten into the games this week just because (laughs) the roster has been an absolute shit show, but Huge wins for Boston. Huge wins. It used to. It's just great to see this team spirits up through through a very what should be a very tough time and what what is a very tough time. But like you said, Steve, two huge wins versus Boston last week. An eight nothing pulverizing win on Mon- or Excuse me, on Tuesday. The Yankees bats working. The Mike Talkman era started that day. <laughs> the and- sock man. 
What you have to start with first, though, is James Paxton. And I mentioned him on last Monday's episode how on last Wednesday in Houston, he failed his first test when the Yankees really needed him. And holy cow, did he bounce back in great fashion last Tuesday. He put on a show, eight innings, 12 strikeouts. This guy absolutely dazzled. And I was saying on the episode last Monday, if he had a rough start against Boston at the stadium after his slow start to the season, the New York press would have been saying, is this Sonny Gray 2.0? But holy cow, what a week. And I'm going to go into his next start on Sunday. And 12 strikeouts in six innings. I really did not want to hate this guy from the early going. And he has really turned it around after his first three starts that were a bit shaky. And shout out to Carlos Beltran because he tipped. He told him that he was tipping his curveball while he was in Houston. Runners on second base were relaying that to the hitters. And James Paxton looks like a Cy Young Award candidate in this last week. Two huge starts and and two dominating starts. I mean, versus the Royals was... They didn't stand a chance. They had a better chance of going up there without a bat and just hoping they got walked because his stuff was was nasty. And it sucks that they kind of waste there and it goes into the whole importance of a win there because Paxton not getting a win in that game is uh, is a disservice to him because he was unbelievable. He had five strikeouts through uh, – sorry, 11 strikeouts through five innings. And then in Boston, he went and he admitted. He said he uh, – the first few weeks of being in New York, he struggled. He went and saw a sports psychologist. He kind of helped him through those times and then it kind of helped out perfect – um, with the Red Sox and in his post game interview, he was kind of, kind of almost forgot that how important the Yankees Red Sox is because he was just they asked him about it and he was just like, yeah, it was a good game. It's always nice to get the win. Then he was like, oh right, it was the Red Sox. It's really important that we win games versus the Red Sox. So I mean, just absolutely dominating stuff from Big Maple and that's true ace stuff. And we we you know the trade we don't need to go just to Sheffield. that did look it up today as struggling in AAA. Um, which is is not the biggest surprise for some people that that weren't huge fans of him in the organization, but James Paxson is, is really coming through. And then to full circle, Paxson and Clint Frazier. I mean, those are the two big pieces. If you you do the uh, you know trade math of what we got for Andrew Miller, if we traded Sheffield for for Paxson, and then we got Clint Frazier. You know, yesterday, I know, yeah, Sunday should have been. The all-time, you know, thanks Andrew Miller, but the bullpen went and blew it. But either way, Paxton was was dominant. He works so quick on the mound; it, it's literally almost impossible to make any any gifts of him. Because by the time he's got the ball, gets the ball, there's already two pitches before the thing, so you can miss an entire bat if you, if you take your eyes off the game. But just pounding the strike zone in and out, topping you know 98, 99, uh, really good stuff from him. And, and to have it versus the Red Sox is even better. And then the next day. You know, the Yankees were struggling. I think we would have been happy with a split with Boston out of that one-and-one. And it looked like it was going that way. And then good old leadoff man, Brett Gardner, going yabo on the grand slam to steal a win versus the Red Sox. Huge for the Yankees. Early games are early games. But, you know, as we often say, every game matters in 162 games. But these games always matter more versus the Red Sox. We both still think the Red Sox are going to be a good team this year. And, you know, they proved that versus the Rays this weekend when they swept the Rays. It could be a three-team race for the division and one or two games. And that second game versus Boston could be huge later on in the year. So, you know, shout-out Brett Gardner just smoking what was a a meatball on an 0-2 pitch with the bases loaded for the Yankees to complete that sweep. A guardy party, it sure was. And a huge, huge hit from him early in the season. And 
The next night they got who pitched that game again? I'm I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the first, the, oh, the game they lost. Uh, no, 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 no. The second game against Boston. I'm, I'm trying to remember who pitched that. Oh, Hap. Oh, that's right. It I wanted good. to get in the Hap. Yeah, yeah. Because in in that game, and I, I, I've been he a very, did not come very, out good. That could have been a disaster, but he picked it up. I have been a very, very vocal critic of Jay uh, Hap on this podcast lately with the home runs. He was given up a lot in spring training. It carried into the regular season. He couldn't get out of the fifth inning against the Royals twice, and he couldn't get out of the fifth inning against another crap team, the Yankees. The played, I believe it was. Yeah, the Orioles twice. Oh, oh. Um, he couldn't get out of the fifth inning, and I believe he started against the Tigers yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. He couldn't get out of the fifth inning against the Tigers. So two bombs in the early going last Wednesday, and I, I say, here we go again. I mean, what the hell is this guy's problem? Prepared for the worst. And there. just a huge credit to him. Just a would you say? I was preparing another, you know, three innings, five run performance. Yeah, and I, I thought we were going on the drain. I mean, the, the Martinez home run, which credit to J.D. Martinez. That was a pitch that he ran in on the hands. And I have how many hitters can take that ball straight away center field 430 feet? The answer is not many. So the solo shot to Martinez I wasn't upset about. But then the two-run homer to Vasquez, and I thought we were headed for disaster. But he really turned it on, and the Yankees are really going to need Hap down, really going to need him this season, especially with Severino out. He signed a pretty big contract for a veteran pitcher this offseason. Uh, the Yankees have a lot of money invested in him to go out there and not be dominant, but he's been six innings, two or three earned for the majority of his career recently. So he went six and a third, three earned last Wednesday. So the Yankees need him to turn it around in a big, big way, and he sure started that on Wednesday night. So... The rotation, and this is the silver lining. And or, I don't want to say silver lining, but with all of these injuries, I have a couple of my buddies texting me like, "Season over, season over, blah blah no blah." Way. They're not, they're not gonna, they're not gonna recover without Judge. With this trio, and this is assuming with the pitching of Tanaka, Paxton, App, and Cece looking very, very good early on, the pitching is going to keep them in these games. One hundred percent, and it, and we thought it'd be the bullpen pitching, but it'll be the starters because the bullpen's gone and, and struggled here. So it's mostly been the the, the starters. You know, Domingo Herman didn't look as sharp in his last start, but he's been a, a huge, huge lift for the Yankees in the rotation and solidified that spot so much so that they released Gio Gonzalez today because there's no need for him there at at this point, especially not for three hundred thousand dollars a start where you know you're going to be paying Herman, you know, 500k for the whole season here. So I, I you know, I'm fine with the the not bringing up Geo Geo move here, but then and Hap, you know, we're it, Yankees are on the West Coast and and we're not waiting for that game to be finished to record here cuz I, I don't feel like staying up till 2 a.m. with and looking at Sam at 2 a.m., but Hap's going tonight and it is he needs to build off that start versus Boston. It's going to be um, you know, like you said, all he really needs to do is get us six innings, two, three runs. And and in theory, that should be fine. Even with this depleted lineup here, that that's really what we need for him. You just be an innings eater, put out quality starts. Quality starts in baseball is pretty simple: six innings, three runs. Just get some quality starts, build off that momentum because that was a that was a rough first two innings in Boston, and for him to come back and throw four shutout innings after that is massive. And I hope that 
you know, for a veteran pitcher, you hope you, maybe you don't need moments like that to boost your confidence, but maybe he did because he was he's been really good for the Yankees. He was 7-0 for the Yankees after the trade last year that got him that $17 million deal, and people are, are any chance they get, they will rip Jay, Jay Happ and the Yankees for this contract. So go out there. Don't let Mike Trout beat you and, and build uh, on this start. He's going to be... He's going to get two starts this week here. So a big, big week for Hap. So we're going to definitely break it down next week and, and see how he does there. But, you know, the Yankees needed that, that second start there. Um, they kind of came out flat versus, versus the Royals the game after that, but then picked it up with the three straight wins here. So a nice five and one road trip, I mean, homestand for the Yankees in, in a time of need. Um, one of the guys that's been good, and we mentioned him earlier on, is Mike Talkman. He has kind of proven Brian Cashman right again. Another Luke Voigt-esque type um, you know, resurgence for the Yankees. Very similar to Luke Voigt. He started out his first 16 at-bats. He was 2-16. and 16, And people were like, why the hell is Mike Talkman even an MLB player? But now he's got three home runs and, and a couple big ones. And he had that, that nice one against the Red Sox. And, and he is, he's got that swing for Yankee Stadium. He can just pull that ball. Um, his last home run was an absolute line drive laser that was out of the stadium in like a second. So he's going to get some playing time here. And, um, you know, hopefully he's able to keep up the momentum he's kind of picked up here. But he looks like he's got a bat that can play. And being versatile, being play, able to play all three positions is, uh, is super important for the Yankees right now in the outfield. I, like a lot of fans, were very, very skeptical of, yeah. you know, Talkman getting at bats. But this has really started to grow on me a little bit. And for me to have this attitude of, how about trusting the product the Yankees are putting on the field? Luke Voigt was 2 of 18 before he got going last year. Talkman, the Sockman, uh, got off to a very slow start as well. So it's given me a new perspective of trusting the product the Yankees put out on the field and letting it get in a rhythm. And look, I'm excited about Mike Talkman, but like a lot of fans, if, if you told me a guy, if you told me Mike Talkman, was going to be a regular contributor for the Yankees this year in February, let alone hitting fifth in the order yesterday. I am about to see where he is hitting tonight. Talkman is again in the five hole playing right field. So if, if you not only told me this, this guy was on the 25 man roster, but hitting fifth in real baseball games in April, I'd have told you you're absolutely nuts. I, I cannot believe we have gotten to this point, but Talkman, like you said, he has that swing tailor made for Yankee Stadium. He kind of he has the high socks. He's a good athlete out in the outfield. He plays all three positions, and this is a guy who's really contributed for the Yankees. And I wonder where his role with this team goes when other guys get healthy. But he's playing a big role right now, and. Like you said, the Yankees only have three major league outfielders on, on the 25-man roster right now. I know Tyler Wade plays out there sometimes, yeah, but, but the, Yankees are, the Yankees are not thrilled about his defense in the outfield, I imagine. And I am not thrilled with having Tyler Wade out in the outfield. So <laughs> Talkman is going to be playing every day until these guys get back. So we're looking at Frazier, Gardner, and Talkman for the foreseeable future, I imagine they're going to sneak Wade in there, maybe. But Stanton, is it is it going to be early May? Because that's that's kind of what the timetable is looking at. But these guys, especially Brett Gardner. Now, when the when the Yankees brought back Brett Gardner in May or, or not May, 
in December. November, December, yeah. or whenever they picked up his, they declined his option and then signed him to a contract. I'm sure they did not. They they envisioned him as a starting left fielder, but I'm sure they did not envision him playing every day. I mean, oh, no every, every day. But Brett Gardner is going to be thrown into that fire right now. Well, Brett Gardner's been the one, you know, true, you know, hold in the lineup all year. You know, especially with, um, with, with Hicks out, he kind of was thrusted into that you know, opening day uh, center field role. And you know, as you said, the Yankees did not anticipate this. I think the Yankees' plan for for Gardner was pretty simple: put him out there almost every day in left field, give him some days off when needed, and then hopefully by midseason and. Clint Frazier was tearing it up in AAA, and then you could rotate, you know, the five outfielders there. And now here it is that, you know, you got all of them, you know, Frazier and Gardner are, are playing next to each other every day. Um, and we even talked about just looking at the lineup here. I brought it up uh, as well. We kind of complained about the lefty balance the Yankees needed when they're in a very right-heavy lineup without Didi Gregorius. And now here we are in, in the towards the end of April, and they got four lefties on there with Gardner, Talkman, Ford, and Wade all playing. And then the Talkman-Wade battle, going back to, to opening day, was, you know, the day before opening day, Tyler Wade told us he gets sent down and not going to make it after having a pretty strong spring for this new guy, this random guy the Yankees traded for. It. And Wade was, you know, rightfully pissed. But now here we are. They're both in the lineup. And I got, you got Wade playing second today. And you said Talkman batting, batting fifth, fifth. So it, it's crazy how, you know, it just kind of works itself out in, in a bad way, I think, for the Yankees here because they would much rather both these guys not be in the lineup but it's time for them both to, to, you know, put up and shut up. You know, Tyler Wade has struggled a little bit in his little playing time here, but he complained that he needs to be on that 25-man roster. Let's figure it out and get him in the roster. He's there. So it's it, it's going to be interesting for, for, the, for the Yankees there. And especially with the lineup depleted, Sam, the bullpen is going to be as important as ever. And we saw on Sunday how bad it can go. 5 nothing lead versus the Royals should be turned the game off and – who cares what the final score is because the Yankees won. The Yankees did win, but it was an, a very unpretty sight for the for the Yankees in in that 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 inning with the Royals and, and Boone got destroyed online. Chad Green sucked, and then our boy Adam Adovino. I'm gonna let you go off on him and, and Sam's rant here. Did not do what he was paid to do, and he was a big kind of uh, off season acquisition here, and he did not look good on Sunday. So first off, last week I ripped Chad Green because uh, he's a Easy bit overrated. <laughs> I, he, he was a, he's a bit overrated by Yankees fans, and I like Chad Green, but he has no secondary pitch, and, and he didn't have control of the zone yesterday at all. I mean, he he loaded the bases and then gave up a two-run double. So Chad Green, in my in my view right now, is, is unpitchable. If he if he can't protect a five nothing lead against the Royals, I don't know what the fuck you're doing out there. So, Adovino comes in, and I, I get a lot of the heat is on Chad Green, and this is a rant towards Adovino and also Yankees Twitter. I don't have the following that Steve has on Twitter, but I, I do keep up with a lot of the accounts, you know, hashtags. I have no clue how Yankees Twitter just gave Adovino a free pass yesterday. I know he inherited a mess, but... He gave up two home runs. So is Yankees Twitter just giving him a pass right there? I mean, I know, again, I know he inherited a mess, but I mean, the three-run homer to Gordon tied the game, and then that Hunter Dozier bomb, I, I'm watching the Celtics on TV, and I am I went to go get the volume remote. I, I, I 
it was away from me. So I go back to my chair and I'm, and then I look at my laptop and I thought they were showing a replay of the Gordon home run. But then I see Hunter Dozier rounding the bases and holy cow, that thing was an opposite field nuke off of the back of the Yankees bullpen. It looked like, I mean, let him take him 450 feet to right center and the, the Royals led 6-5. Steve, that happened so fast. It did. It was, it, in real time, it, it went from 5 nothing Yankees. So I saw a tweet about this. It went from 5 nothing Yankees to 6-5 Royals in 3 minutes and 30 seconds. That's insane. That's a, and, and it included a pitching change. Yeah. That, that 3 it, minutes and 30 seconds of real time. And, and, I, and I get that it could have just happened on once. But, I mean, they scored 6 runs. In three minutes and 30 seconds of real time, starting with the uh, two-run double. It, it, it was pretty. It was not and, pretty. Adovino getting a free pass from Yankees Twitter is just inexcusable in my book. Again, he inherited a mess, but he gave up two home runs out of the bullpen. And that should that's, never happen. Ne- never should never happen. And look, you want to bash Boone all you want for putting in Chad Green in a find-of-nothing game? Like, what do Yes, you maybe could start the inning out of Eno, but if you're it's, if you're Boone, I'm I'm a I'm always a Boone supporter here. But if you're Boone, it's five nothing. Let's just get these two innings done with here and go and to the West Coast. West Coast trip coming up. Save the guys for the West Coast trip. Absolutely. Like, hey, if we don't have to use out of Eno in a five nothing game versus the Royals, this is a great win for the Yankees and move on. And Boone was quick. Chad Green, like you said, struggled right out the gate. Got out of Eno right up. Got him in the game. Don't let Chad Green give up the home run and, and get destroyed here. Let's get out of Eno in there. And he pretty much was an extension of Chad Green, giving up these runs here. They ended up getting out of the inning, and the Yankees came back and won, so maybe he gets to push under the rug here. But there's fault all the way around. Maybe if you're Boone, if you got Otto Vino available, win the today's game, worry about tomorrow's game at a later time. Put him in the game to start the game and finish it there. Um, but I totally agree with you. If you can't use Chad Green in a 5 nothing game, then you can't use Chad Green really ever. And that's the point we're at for them. He's had a very, uh, you know, struggled a lot to start the season here, you know, do we see Joe Harvey a lot more instead of Chad Green now? Because if the struggles continue, the Yankees are going to lose games because of because of Chad Green. Um, so if you, you can bash Boone all you want, fine. But he put put Green in there with the lead. Got Adovino in there, who's been got that wiffle ball. He's been great all season. He gave up two dingers. That sucks. Adovino should not ever give up two dingers in a game here. But it was uh, you get the win, so it kind of looks away, and you get you give everybody a pass. I think at this point, but it's something the Yankees got to do moving forward. Because if that. If that stretch to Ottavino, Britton, Chapman is going to be, you know, Holder's been used a ton. Holder's been used more than any pitcher in high stressful situations here. Uh, so, you know, the loss of Batanzas is kind of coming back every day to haunt them, I think, because then, you know, you can kind of really get get rid of a, a green. I think, you know, you're not going to get rid of him right away. But the point is you don't have to use him at only in emergency situations here. And the Yankees are really struggling with, with that middle reliever. If the starters are only going to go, you know, five innings or, you know, six innings max, you need someone there to kind of build the bridge. And it hasn't worked out so far with green holders, been hit or miss here. Um, and you're not going to want to reuse those same three pitchers all the time. So let's maybe Joe Harvey get um, some, some added innings and see what you got at this point for the Yankees here. But I get it. You can bash every single one of them. It's it's be a full third blame of Boone, uh, Adovino, and, and Green. Um, but the win will kind of take it back 
um, and maybe give everybody a pass here, but it'll be something that will people will stick on Boone for a long time, saying he has no idea how to manage a bullpen here. But if the guys you put in have gotten the job done in the past and don't get the job down now, I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, it was just an all-around crapshoot yesterday for the Yankees, and even though they came back and won, I still had that feeling after the win. I'm like, holy cow, it should not have gotten to this point, especially with the West Coast trip coming up. That's an extra, you know, an extra two innings. It's you know, we say it's nothing, but you know, having to use Chapman and Britain in that game was really something Yankees wanted to avoid. Yeah, and you mentioned Joe Harvey. I really like this kid. He he throws hard (laughs) and he throws strikes. So I'd like to see a little bit more of him, especially in place of Holder, who has been pretty bad, and Chad Green. So and give, then, give, give their innings to Joe Harvey. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, and let's see what happens. I mean, Luis Sessa has been kind of been saved for the long man um, kind of opportunities here and hasn't been used in, in big leverage situations. But Sessa pitched awesome in spring training, and he's pitched okay. He's fine. You know, to start the year, too. Maybe let's start getting Sessa up there, see what he could do. Um, you know, the Yankees have the options here. Holder's been used a ton, and, and Green's been used a ton. Maybe we start to pull back a little bit there and um, and see what we got. Um, but the Yankees won the game, so we'll, we'll go from there. And uh, the big home run you, we saw from Clint Frazier. So let's go down to the, the home run tracker update for the uh, hashtag NYYHR tracker. The Yankees, oh, I just I just lost. They're, I know they're on pace for 299 home runs. They are ahead of last year's pace, leading the team is still Gary Sanchez, but he is tied with Clint Frazier with six home runs on the year. As a team, they have a total of 37 dingers in 20 games. So even though we have all these home runs of Hicks, Didi, now Judge, Stanton, all on, Sanchez was on there for a while and still leads the team. All those home runs on the IL, the Yankees still have 37 home runs on the year and are on pace to break their own record for the year. Gary Sanchez still with the longest bomb, which I think, especially with Judge and Stanton on the DL, is going to stand up for quite some time unless Luke Voigt gets into one at 438 feet earlier this season. Sam, you said you mentioned that you loved the Clint Frazier home run because the Yankees needed it to close out the uh, close out the totally, week here. I will say, though, I totally... And it's been a long week with the injuries <laughs> and schoolwork. I totally forgot the Gardner home run. I knew it. I was going to bust your balls on it. Okay. Because my home run of the week is definitely the Guardy Party Grand Slam in that second game versus the Red Sox. Just absolutely ripped an 0-2 pitch there to give the Yankees the win. And Brett Gardner's got five home runs on the year. He's kind of, you know, he's he's batting 227 with five home runs. So he's kind of been all or nothing, but a massive home run for Brett Gardner, but we will give some shout-outs to Clint Frazier and that home run he had on Sunday. Yeah, with school and the the judge injury just caused a crisis in all of our heads. I mean, the the Red Sox series now seems like it was a decade ago, but my home run of the week is going to be the Brett Gardner grand slam against the Red Sox. Put him up by three runs and was just absolutely enormous. The Yankees needed that, and they're going to need a lot of those hits from – unsung heroes in this next month or however long they're completed. Sanchez is back Wednesday. It's going to be early May for Stanton. I don't know where the hell Hicks stands. I know he was taking batting practice, but a day-to-day back injury has now turned into a month. Yeah. And yeah. and Judge, like, like we said, two to three months. So they're going to need a lot more of these hits in the next couple of months to stay up. 
Yeah, so they got 37, as I said, on the year. They have four games where they haven't hit a home run here, which, you know, we don't we never like those days. But be sure to keep following me on Twitter for the hashtag NYYHR tracker as the Yankees track down the all-time record of 267 home runs. It would be absolutely wild if they continue this pace with all the injuries here and break the record um, because that just shows that if they're fully healthy, they might, they might be looking at 300-plus home runs for a season, which, which the Yankees are looking for. I do want to give a shout-out to DJ LeMayu getting his first home run in pinstripes. Um, the guy, we didn't even talk about him today, but as per usual, it's just guy, he was on a slump this week. He slumped a little this week, but still hitting the ball whenever needed. Um, a couple big hits this week and going oppo taco for his first home run in pinstripes. All right, Sam, let's wrap this up and go talk about this West Coast trip. Um, I think the next four games versus the Angels are pretty, pretty obvious. Do not let Mike Trout beat you. And if you do that, the Yankees will sweep the Angels. Sweep. They're terrible besides Mike Trout. <laughs> but I, I can't ignore that Yankees lineup. I, I'm hoping for three or four. I'm obviously hoping for a sweep. I think they'll get three or four in L.A. They are facing Matt Harvey tonight, who has been a train wreck out in Los Angeles to start his career with the Angels. I'm hoping they get to Harvey tonight. Uh, They have four against Angels. Don't let Mike Trout beat you. Three against the Giants and two against the Diamondbacks. A little in-league action. What I am petrified about the most, petrified, is a pitcher – hitting for the Yankees and getting hurt somehow. I'm, I'm sure that that's going to be crossing Yankees fans' minds in the next week. And with the luck the Yankees have had this year with injuries, I – excuse me. Bush. and Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the luck the Yankees have had this year, I, I'm, I'm terrified that, that there's going to be – I really hope there isn't. But when a pitcher stands up, at the plate for the Yankees this weekend. I just want them to have the bat on the shoulder. Do not bunt. Do not do not do anything. Have the bat on the shoulder. I don't want to bunt and something runs in and hit the, hits the hand. Just stand there. I, I couldn't agree more, Sam. It, it, the Yankees could not afford to have uh, you know Tanaka running the bases again, and Tanaka will be on the mound in San Francisco. It's, it's the scariest thing. I get NL players do it all the time, but they also train for it all the time. The Yankees guys take a few hacks in batting practice. Yes, they do some cardio and stuff, but they're just not used to running it. And it seems stupid to say, oh, an athlete, a professional athlete can't run 90 feet, but I don't give a shit. Like, just don't do it. They, they can't afford it. I don't. It's going to be so tough to tell these guys who are great athletes to just stand there and not swing a bat. But the Yankees desperately need to. I mean, they have you know Friday through through Wednesday, you know, three at San Fran and then two at Arizona. So every single pitcher is going to be on the mound for the for the for the Yankees in, in interleague play here, and they can't afford I to totally lose a forgot starter. about it. I mentioned Arizona and totally yeah, forgot they're, that's they're also not till Tuesday league. next week. <laughs> they're not till next week anyway. But it's just you're just going to have the the opportunities here are 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 just it's just scary. It's scary. We haven't gone a week without someone going on the, the IL, um, and it just kind of fits perfectly that we, we go out there and a, a pitcher could get hurt. So fingers crossed that does not happen, but very winnable games. I mean, they got starting starting tonight here when we're recording the Monday, so four four in LA and then and then three in San Francisco. These are teams that they they really need to beat. And then Friday, I'm very intrigued by this matchup here. I'm sure all of the internet will be Tanaka versus Bumgarner. 
Bumgarner struggled to start the year here, but Bumgarner will always be linked in trade rumors to the Yankees. So to see him face the Yankees maybe gives the uh, the fans and even the Yankees a little more up-close look at Bumgarner because he has not been the same pitcher as he has been the past few years, but he still will likely be on, on the market and, and a possible Yankees target um, come trade deadline season. Yeah, seeing Bumgarner is going to be very, very cool. And like you said, he's always going to be linked to the Yankees and obviously a lot of other teams. The Phillies, I saw a report a couple weeks ago that they're already doing their homework on Madison Bumgarner. I'm sure the Yankees are going to be watching him when he faces them this weekend. But I was thinking about the outs thing or the the pitchers hitting thing. Uh, I am wondering if the Yankees can forfeit an at-bat without having (laughs) a pitcher. Just take it out. Just take it out. Take it out. I'm for it at this point. If the Yankees are winning, they should just send up an empty box and just say the pitcher can just throw whatever he wants but don't even give the, the – because the, 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 the pitchers, AL pitchers are get so excited for these games, they swing at anything. So just don't even let them go up at a bat. Just say stand there in the corner with your arms crossed if the Yankees have a lead. I'm all for it. Um, so we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be back next week to, to go over these games, hopefully with no injuries for the first time all year. Um, but plain and simple, next four games, just walk Mike Trout. The dude is, is absolutely – ridiculous uh, to put some numbers on it. Mike Trout's batting 333 with a slugging percentage, a slugging number of, of 719. The rest of the Angels roster is batting 232 and they're slugging 376. Just walk Mike Trout. That's all the Yankees have to do the next four days. Hap on the mound tonight. So by the time you're listening to this, the Yankees will have already won, hopefully won one of the games um, and hopefully or hopefully Mike Trout didn't go yard versus, versus Jay Happ. But we'll see what happens there. Um, be sure to check us out next week for, to go over these games. Be sure to check out Gotham SN for all things New York sports related. Big week for Gotham coming up with the NFL draft. Giants and Jets, huge picks. We'll definitely have some articles up this weekend and probably a new NYG weekly there. So be sure to check out Gotham. We appreciate all the support. Big week for us, Sam. Sam is sadly a Bruins and Celtics fan along with the uh, the Giants and, and Yankees, so we got two of those right. But but huge week for you. Good luck with that with with everything in those teams. But we are we'll, we'll do a quick little Giants recap next week too to see if we are surviving as fans after the draft. <laughs> yeah, game seven for the Bruins tomorrow night. The uh... Celtics took care of business, but yeah, a, a huge week. I was just thinking on my way back from class, uh, you know, a big West Coast trip for the Yankees. Obviously, they were on my mind doing the pod tonight, and then the, the NFL draft Thursday, uh, which is, I, I wish we could go to the watch party. I wish I could go to the watch party uh, for Gotham, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, the Giants, I don't know what the hell they are going to do Thursday, and well, whatever. I'm just expecting whatever at this point because um, I am so I'm so done with the franchise. All right. Well, hopefully the Yankees will be in the pennant race come that time of year. Uh, until then, thanks for listening, and we'll check everybody out next week. See you later, Sam. Doodles.